This is Jordan D. White here on Cast and Wax, and we are very excited to have you here because this is going to be an awesome, awesome show. It is a show that is going to be jam-packed full of stuff because we have so much stuff to do, and it's already a long show, and we, and we already haven't even started recording this part yet, but it's already long. So, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, it's going to be long. Let's get on with it. My name is Jordan D. White. As I said, I am the host of the show, and I am really excited about the iPad. Oh, I, god, again. Well, I, I am. I'm really excited for it. I don't have one, and I'm probably not going to be getting one anytime soon, but I really want to because they're so cool seeing I'm so good about it. I do, it's, just, it's just like a computer. I have... I have my own computer. That thing is a piece of junk. This would be a million times better than your computer, and and it's awesome. So I just, I cannot wait to get one. Oh my god, I'm so excited. So excited it becomes part of your intro? I mean, is that your, your new occupation? Professional wanter of an iPad? Well, no, but I just, you know, I, I want one. Okay, fine. Sh- shut up. Well, let's, I'll introduce, um, this is Frank Allen here. Hello, everybody. How are you doing today? Good, Frank. Uh, except that I want an iPad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks. Uh, things are good with me. I am uh, continuing on with my uh, job search and um, currently staying with uh, Mr. Patsy Kennedy. Uh, it's not it's not an ideal living situation. Oh, no? You, you, I mean, it's nice of Patsy to let you stay with him. It is. It is. But, um, you know, it, he's got most of his apartment covered in tinfoil. Well, beggars can't be choosers. Well, no, but I mean, but they can beg for something else. Yeah, oh, that's fair. I guess that's true. So you're, you don't want to stay with Patsy? Well, not if I can find... I mean, I'm going to see what I can do. It, this is pretty crappy. The guy is... You know, he's delusional. He's 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 a, he's like a psycho. He thinks the people are watching him at all times. He thinks that, you know, he thinks that uh, the government's out to get him. He thinks that, you know, there are aliens out to get him in league with the government. There's, you know, he's crazy. The things he believes are just totally not true. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I thought I'd turn this off. Uh, well, might as well answer it. Hello? Don't believe it. Don't believe it, what he's saying to you, because that is not true. I'm not crazy. I am a totally sensible person, and the government is out to get me, and if you want proof, then, you know, just look around you. It seems self-evident in the world that is around us. Patsy? Hi, you came up as unlisted number. I don't let people know my... I don't... I have to use disposable phones, so I don't get tracked, but that's... I mean, you know, obviously I have to throw this one away now. How did you know what I was saying? I put a transmitter on you, obviously. I had to track where you we're going. You could be working for the government. You're in my home. I have to know that I can trust you, and apparently I cannot, because you're here saying things about me that are not true. Don't believe it. If if I was crazy, I would, you know, believe that there were, you know, fairies or something. That's, I mean, that's crazy. I, uh, you know, I believe in things that are true because I have evidence of them. I, I'm a, I'm a, I have a skeptical mind, you know, and so I don't just believe things that I'm told. I believe things because I see hard evidence of these things, like the government conspiracy, like the alien conspiracy, and like the Waffle House conspiracy. All these things are true, and what I... I can see okay, them. Well, I'm okay. Fine, you're right. You're, they're true. I'm, I'm sorry. Well, perhaps you're sorry, but that doesn't change the fact that you're, you know, you're doing a betrayal of me by the things that you say, by deed and word. Well, you were spying on me, so it isn't spying because I mean I was listening to what you were saying, but you're doing it on a podcast, so it's okay. Yeah, but if you did it through a listening device, an iPod is a listening device. That's what people listen to podcasts on. No, I mean, but you, you put a, you put a bug on me. Apparently, I mean that's what you said. Well, yeah, but you could have stopped it at any time. All you had to do was find it and get rid of it. That's not a problem. That's free will. I don't think that's how free will works. Well, regardless, look, this is not what we're here to discuss. What we're here to discuss is you moving out of my apartment because I obviously can't trust you. I thought you were going to sell me out to the government. Instead, you sell me out to the people, but that's, they're just as bad. The people are just as untrustworthy as the government is, really. So it doesn't make a difference. You know, you think the government is, is different from the people. Don't believe it. They're the same thing. They're both conniving and they're both conspiracing you. 
me specifically. Oh, but Patsy, no, look, just I need to be. I need somewhere to stay. Frank, I gotta go. I gotta go. They're gonna start tracking me any minute. I have to go before they get the signal. Uh, but you, listen, take your stuff out because it's it's over. Oh, come on. Goodbye. Goodbye. Wow. Uh. Well. Okay. Well, that that's Frank Allen, and he's homeless again. Yeah. Apparently so. That's unfortunate for you. Okay, uh, Rory Sinjin is the next uh, host here, Mr. Rory Sinjin. Hello, everyone. Yes, things are going swimmingly for me. I'm an extra historian, of course, the, the dean of the Queen's Institute for Extra Historical Studies. And, you know, things are going swimmingly. We're, we're, our plans are absolutely coming along nicely. And, you know, I, I don't anticipate any problems. But again, if anybody wants to write in to us with any help, with any, you know, uh, wanting to become a student, want to becoming, wanting, to be, wanting to become part of the faculty, any of those things, please write in to us, castandwax at gmail.com. That's excellent. That is really quite excellent. Now, Scapey uh, is my final co-host, but he is already asleep, uh, if you can believe it. So he's not with us right now. I mean, he's with us physically. I can wake him up if we need him for anything. Oh, actually, we do need him for something, don't we? What do you need Scape for? Well, I think that's pretty obvious, right? Right, Rory? Right? Uh, yes. <laughs> oh, God. Escape, 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 escape. Wake up. Wake up, Why? Why? What? I need you to sing really briefly, and then you can go right back to sleep. What, Satan? Yes. Oh, okay. I can do that. But just like one, just do a really fastest version ever. Okay, sure. Whatever. It's oh, oh, watch, oh, oh, watch, that's it? That's it? That's all you need? Yeah, that's it. Just, you can go back to sleep. Okay. Go ahead. Okay, uh, I had to zoom through that because, Rory, we have so much mail for Frank Allen this week. What? We we what? We do? Yes, yes, we do. We have quite a few emails, uh, including, you'll be pleased to know. Job offers? You got me job offers? Well, you know, they came in the mail. So in a way, Frank, you got them yourself. People have been listening to the podcast. I knew, I knew this would happen. I knew I had a feeling that this would happen. I knew this would happen. Well, feeling feeling aside, um, all right, we got a, a couple here. Let's see. Um, I'll read the first one. The first one here. Uh, Dear Mr. Allen, I recently came across your resume while at the CNN studio headquarters here in New York. I must say I was very impressed. Somebody from CNN is writing this? Well, uh, it doesn't say that. It says they were at CNN headquarters. Um, it seems that someone had misplaced it in the trash outside the studio, but that's beside the point. I was absolutely thrilled to see your qualifications as a host, even if your resume was written in red ink on loose leaf paper. I managed to make out the name of the podcast you're an assistant host on, Cast and Wax, and immediately tuned in. It didn't take long for me to see that you were an excellent host, and I believe your abilities would be an asset to me. My name is Reginald Theodore Hedge, and I am the owner of a very renowned business here in Queens, and we are in need of a host of your stature. The job includes constant interaction with people and requires a charming demeanor. That being said, I would like to offer you a full-time position as a host at my restaurant, Le Lieu, where you will greet guests, seat them, and bus tables in between. Starting pay is $8 an hour. Hope to hear from you soon, and I'll be anxiously listening in this week as well. Reginald T. Hedge. Oh my god, this is this is amazing. This is so, this is what I've been waiting for. Well, don't, don't count your chickens, because uh, that's not the only one we got. We got a couple, like I said. So uh, here's here's another one. Rory, want to read this next one? Oh yes, no problem. Uh, this is called Job Application Exposed. Dear Mr. Frank Allen, my name is Philip DaCosta, and I'm one of the founders of a startup news site called Exposed, which will be at Exposed.com, although we are still working on the website design. Exposed will be a combination of interactive news aggregation, a la dig.com, and opinion pieces, blog posts, etc. by the staff. We have several sections of the website planned, and one of them is called Curious About Serial Killers. We are currently accepting applications for the producer of this section. I came across Waxwork.com and listened to some of your pieces, and I think you would be a very good fit. You'd be expected to write blog 
blog posts and record and produce webcasts of interviews and news pieces following up on leads of various serial killer stories. This includes following open investigations and reviewing past cases. If you're interested, please send a resume and cover letter to my colleague Sharon Cooley, who is coordinating our hiring efforts at SharonCooley at Exposed.com. She can also schedule an interview for you. I hope you are interested in working with us here at Exposed, and I look forward to meeting you. Sincerely, Philip. That's so that's a pretty exciting one too. Yeah, no, that yeah, that's good too. I mean they just want and they want the resume and cover letter. I'll say I, I don't think you should write your resume on loose leaf paper. You don't think so? No, typed. Always. It's like a rule. And red ink, no. Like typed with regular typing. I mean you can do it on a computer again. Well, let's not get carried away. Right, right. All right, well, uh, th- that's that's one of them. Uh, we do have some more. Let's see. Uh, this next one, I was never 100% sure if it was for you, but I don't know who else on the, the podcast it would be for. It's from uh, a woman named Susan Bayer, and the uh, subject line says, I need a legal service on my divorce settlement. And the uh, the body says the same thing. I need a legal service on my divorce settlement. So, I don't know. I mean, I, you're not really a lawyer, but... Well, but I, t- I'll t- I mean, I do. I'm not a lawyer, no, but I'm a host. So, I mean, maybe she's writing about, you know, like uh, wanting to do like one of those divorce court type shows. And I would be the host of that. A legal service? Like a service is, you know, like when they talk about church, a service is a, is like a mass. The priest gives a service. So, maybe I would give a, a legal service and there would be lawyers there. I don't know about that. No, I mean, I don't know. Maybe not, maybe not. But uh, still, it's, it's a really nice offer. I mean, I could do a, I could do a divorce. Well, but you got, you got three offers. So... I mean, I don't know if you want to do a, a divorce. No, no. I mean, in fact, you're right. I don't. I mean, I'm looking at that, and these are pretty impressive things. So was that the last one? Yeah, that was a lot of the of the uh, of the job offers. Well, there was one more letter. Uh, let's let's do this one too. Uh, it's from some friends of ours and uh, friends of yours as well. Um, it's from Angela Tymon. Uh, Rory, you wanna? Oh yes. Um, hi Frank. Sorry to hear of your tough times. I thought I would offer mine and Daniel's guest bedroom to you. I figure with the little time I spend there, it will be fine for you to never leave the house. I won't notice. Daniel might even appreciate the company during the afternoons when he's not in class. I understand there will be some major setbacks, but still I thought I should offer our home to you. Namely, you'd be moving back to Binghamton, couldn't continue to podcast, and wouldn't be anywhere near any major network jobs. However, this may be a good place for you to make a more humble break into the field of broadcasting. You can apply at the various news stations, both TV and radio, to get your start, and in the meantime, until you do, the cost of living is nothing compared to New York. Not to mention we are near Broome Community College. Have you ever considered going to school for broadcast journalism? It might help your chances. I know this isn't the path you were hoping to take to achieve your goals, but it may ensure that you actually achieve them. I know it may take a little longer, but it may have a greater payoff. I know this is a major decision, so I'll leave you ample time to think about it. No pressure either way, but I wanted you to know your friends in Binghamton have your back. All the best. Thank you, Angela. Oh, well, that's, I mean, that's very sweet. That is nice of them, absolutely. So you're going you're gonna to take them up on it? Well, I mean, no. I, I mean, I can't. I, I got to continue the podcast. I got to be near major network jobs. No, but Frank, you know, like they said, in Binghamton, the cost is a lot cheaper, and you could try to get a job at the local stations. No, no, local smoker. I mean, I'm, I'm in it to get in it. Big. You said you're going to be willing to start at the bottom, right? But there, this is not a job offer. This is a come back here and maybe, you know. Besides, guys, why are you even worried about this? I just got three job offers. Well, two and a half. Well, fine, call it two and a half. But I got job offers, so I mean, you know, I'm set. <sighs> I mean, okay, I, you know, that's. You know, you're right. You've got a job. I mean, I doubt that this exposed thing is going to pay that much. Oh, no. I mean, I'm not going to not going to take the exposed one, obviously. What? 
Why, why not? Well, I mean, because look what they said. They, they're a startup. You know, they're just getting started. They've got all this all this different stuff on there. I, you know, it sounds unfocused. I, I don't see any reason to do that. I mean, serial killers, whatever. Like, they're interesting, but that's not my feel. Frank, I don't think... I really don't think the divorce thing was for a divorce court type situation. I'm not talking about... I'm talking about Lyon being the host of the restaurant. What? Why would you want to take that job? That's ridiculous. Because, because look, it, it's... It, as opposed to this one that was a startup, he specifically says this is a renowned business. Yeah, but it's a restaurant. Yes, but it's a host position. So if it's a host position, you know, I, I imagine there's a dinner theater situation going on and I'll be hosting it, maybe doing some interviews, maybe doing a little, uh, you know, uh, announcing some news, light news, maybe. Well, I doubt that. Frank, I doesn't, he doesn't say anything about a dinner theater. He's saying Greek guests and seat them. No, I mean, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it's like, as in, you know, I'm up on stage doing a, doing a spiel. People come in, I welcome them. And as they're getting seated, I'm talking. So that's like seating what them. What about bussing tables? Well, I mean, I assume that's some sort of lingo that I don't, I mean, I don't really know. Bussing, okay, like bussing, uh, oh, it means like, you know what it is, is like, um, if you're bussing tables, it means you're, you're like, you're bussing in students, you know, you're bussing in people. You're drawing crowds is what it means. No, I didn't think that's what it means. Well, maybe, look, maybe that's not the lingo that, but the point is, this is a respectable, renowned business. You know, he, this guy sounds like he really specifically needs me for this job, whereas the exposed one, I mean, what, you know, I never did anything about serial killers. Why would they want me for serial killers? That doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but it's news, and it's saying that they want you to do blogging and opinion pieces and, you know, interviews and, and news stuff. I mean, that's this is what you want to do. That's the one you're going to, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't mention money, but I'm sure this will be a much better one to do. Look, that'll never work. It's it's ridiculous. Nobody wants a, an exposed. It sounds like a porn site. That's no. I mean, look, that's never going to work. This other place, it's a proven. It's a proven uh, a business because it's renowned, meaning it's been around for a little while. So it's not going to go under. You do know that you're insane. No, I'm not. I'm not insane. That's rude. Regardless. No, that doesn't. I don't have. It's not less of regard. <sighs> Frank, you know this. Do do what you want. I mean, I don't think. I don't think that's the right choice. Well. You can get your own job. Now. I have my own job, and it's the job I want. Well, good for you. Not all of us can do that. So, okay, well, so where are you going to stay? I mean, you can, obviously, if you can't stay with Dan and Angela. Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, maybe uh, maybe Bobby Kurtzman will let me stay with him. We out in Carousel? Carousel's too far. You can't commute from Carousel to a place in Queens. Well, that's true. I don't even... I don't even have a car anymore. So. Yeah, you're gonna. Be, there's no way. Then. Maybe, maybe Thomas. Maybe, maybe Thomas. You mean my stepfather? Yeah, yeah. Thomas, Thomas Edison. He's got a place in Jersey, doesn't he? I mean, that's not too far. It's gonna be quite a trek. Well, yeah, but it's worth it if I've got a place to stay. Maybe, maybe I'll. I mean, Rory, would you be willing to talk to Thomas for me? Well, I, you know, I, I suppose. Oh, that would be that would be amazing. Rarely, Rory, that would be so terrific. All right. Oh, that's you know that's seriously that's great. Well, okay. Well, I guess everything's coming up. Roses for Frank Allen. Maybe he'll be staying in Jersey, but he'll be working at a restaurant in Queens. Great. Um, all right. Well, uh, let's you know what. Let's get to the show because, like I said, it is pretty uh, pretty jam packed. Uh, up first, we have the wow. I can't believe it. Uh, we have the second to last episode of Guard Duty. We are we are really coming to the end of shows here. Um, in fact, I should mention uh, we have four episodes left after this. Uh, and every single one of those episodes will be featuring the last episode of at least one show. So get ready for it, guys. Hold on to your, your helmets because things are going to be coming to an end really quickly now. But like I said, this is the second to last episode of Guard Duty. And uh, as you know, things aren't looking great for the guard. So let's see if they can uh, pull it off. The Earth Guard. 
the planet's most powerful heroes united in the common goal of protecting the innocent people of planet Earth and defending them from threats of all kinds. From the Guard Tower, their base of operations, they watch over the citizens and spring into action at any sign of danger. To that end, the Guard takes shifts, monitoring events all over the globe. Sooner or later, they all have to take a shift of Guard Duty. This week, Broadband and the Stallion in Fences and Bridges. Perfect! I can take your rat and spell infiltrate. That's 13, double word is 26, plus 50 for all my letters, 76. You totally suck! I know! I must be losing my touch. Usually I'd be over 200 by now. It's your play. I know, I'm looking! Jeez, give me a second. Man, that's almost a minute. How are you going to get by at that fancy college of yours if this is how fast you think? Shut up. No, I just... You know when you see a word in the letters that you can't use, but then you can't shake it out of your head to find something else? I keep seeing Argus in my letter. <laughs> Funny, he's probably seeing you too. Unfortunately, Argus is a proper name and therefore verboten. I know. I was just... Here we go. Liar. That's... Four points. Shut up. Okay, college boy. <laughs> and off of your I, I can spell imposter. M on a double letter is 6, 7, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Double word is 30, plus 50 is 80. Pass the letters, please. I hate you. Oh, man. That sucks. I just pulled S-U-S-P-I-R-I. So? So I could totally spell Suspiria on that A right there, and it would go all the way up to the triple word there. Unfortunately, Suspiria is a proper name, and therefore... Well, verboten. I've got good I news and bad Thank you very news. much. Do you think I don't to default monitor mode. What was that? Was that... Was that the jack? What? Oh, no, no. It looked like... Oh, it was a, a scrambled tournament. That must have reminded you of... Uh, you said something about uh, good news? And bad. The good news is the injunction was granted. The password is prohibited from printing the information they got from Mr. Fahrenheit. And if it does somehow get out there, he'll be held personally responsible pending the breach of contract suit. Rumor has it Riley's going to sue for his money back on the exclusive. Looks like this is going to wind up costing Mr. Fahrenheit quite a bit. Serves the bastard right, I say. Sounds like Todd Larson really pulled our fat out of fires on this one. Government dies are good for something. They've got a lot of lawyers on tap. Todd doesn't want another Earth Guard scandal any more than we do. So then what's bad news? <sighs> I went by Dr. Fast's lab. Tried to speak to him and Bumblebee face to face, but it was a no-go. They wouldn't see me. For now, at least, it looks like we've lost them. Which means the Earth Guard currently consists of me, you, and the Argus. We need to recruit some new members. A new guard. I know, Chuck, but where are they going to come from? I think we need to concentrate our efforts on mending fences. There's only so much I can do, Bob. Fast and Bumblebee won't talk to me. Binary Girl wants to be left alone. Peas Blossom is God knows where. And Voodoo Lady's entire house has been emptied out, for Christ's sake. I'm all for mending fences, but sometimes the fences just want to stay broken. We can give it time, and maybe... Yes, maybe. But these are people who abandoned the guard in its time of need. We can work on them when the guard is back on its feet. 
But right now, the Earth needs a guard, and the three of us can't get the job done by ourselves. I've been looking over the potential candidates, and it's not exactly the greatest selection I've ever seen, but we've got to- Who are we talking about here? Well, first off, Dr. Rock. Invulnerable scientist. I've seen his work published. He's a smart man, if I recall correctly. Didn't Dr. Fast say if we accepted him- He'd devote his life to destroying the Earth Guard and everything we stand for. Yeah. Still, he seems like the best candidate. He's smart and can't be hurt. Yes, and about as strong as your average theoretical scientist. Plus, if we invite him to join, we lose Dr. Fast forever. Not worth it. Putting off getting someone back is one thing, but to deliberately burn a bridge like that... Fast was being unreasonable in this case, clearly. Still, he was an invaluable member of the Guard for years. It's not worth losing him for good, just... Fine, Dr. Rock is out. But you're not going to like the next candidate anymore. Who? Birthday boy. What's wrong with you, Chuck? The man's a misogynistic, egotistical... I know that, Bob. And he took over my body without my permission. And letting him on means binary girl will likely never return. But he's a powerful hero. He wants to be a member of the Guard. And frankly, these are the choices we're left with. I refuse to believe that birthday boy is the best we've got. Then you're not paying attention to the world out there, Bob. The Earth Guard has been the biggest super team in the world for years now. But we've suffered more than one embarrassment in the past year. We're not going to be luring anyone away from another team anytime soon. So we're left with only the free agents. Rock and Birthday Boy were on the top of that list. After those two, every other hero we could choose is also currently a wanted criminal, and I don't think that's the kind of press we want to be generating right now. All of them? Yes, almost all. All but one. Well, who's that? Kickman. Kickman? But he I know, a- I know, but I'm telling you that's what we're looking at here. For the guard to continue going on like He's this... He's a man who kicked muggers in the groins. He's not a superhero. But if you look at his actual numbers... Wonderful. So if we're ever facing the cosmic purse snatcher and we can supply him with some sort of spacecraft shaped like a boat... So you have a better idea? As a matter of fact, there are two others we could try before we abandon our pride completely and sink so low. Who? off, we could try speaking to Captain Fantasy. He said he would come when he was ready. I know what he said, but he's got to understand that the guard is in dire need right now. Maybe if you and I were to speak with him in person, let him know the situation. No, I've been keeping Howard apprised of the situation. Argus! The other one-third of the team arrives. Welcome! Well... What does he have to say? Howard? Oh, he thinks it's very sad. No, I mean, will he come back to the guard? What? Oh, no, he couldn't. He's not ready. He's he's so fragile, I don't think he could take being a member of the guard while trying to live a normal life. Is there even a chance? This is an emergency. He could just serve until we get the team back up and running, then go back to his normal life afterward. I don't think he'd like that idea. Could you at least talk to him, try to convince him... Please, don't make me choose between Howard and the guard. No. Oh, no, of course not. Uh, Captain Fantasy, Howard is off limits. <sighs> Just like everyone else on our list. Then there's only one other choice. We call Jack. Bob, we've discussed this. Jack is off limits. Be reasonable, Chuck. Jack who? The Jack. The boy is a hero. He saved the life of one of our members. He stopped the terrible villain, and we're punishing him for it? He deliberately went against a decision that we made as a team. He broke the strike. And that's not even the main point. I was going to let Jack stay on the team. But you know as well as I do that kicking him off was part of the deal we cut with Warren Grant. Fine. You kicked him off. Now let's kick him back on. Bob, it's too soon. Maybe, 
maybe when the time is right. Oh, really? Like when? Uh, you mean when we're down to two members? Maybe then we'll let the boy back in the guard tower? Surely things won't get that bad. No? But do you have any suggestions for team members? Well, we could probably get Mr. Fahrenheit back on the team since his deal fell through. Sure, so long as I personally apologize and make him official team awesomest for life. No thanks. The man betrayed us when he didn't get his way. We are not letting him back on the guard. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to... No, Argus, it, it's not your fault. Bob just feels it's his duty to shoot down everyone else's ideas today. Because you've been putting forth ideas that are completely unsatisfactory. You're right. It's a much better idea to not have an Earth Guard at all. If the other option is a team consisting of you, Birthday Boy, and Kickman, then yes, maybe it is a good idea not to have a guard. Well, we'll certainly find out, won't we? Because wake up, Bob! That's the guard we're going to be left with. You may not like it, and I don't like it either, but this is the hand we've been dealt. It's nobody's fault. It's just the way it is. Let's accept it and get on with things. I'm not going to let you do this, Chuck. You can't. I've got news for you, Bob. I can. I'm the leader of the Earth Guard, and I'm not going to see the team die just because we had a little internal trouble. And if that means I have to put up with sharpening a few rough-edged heroes, then so be it. Disagree all you want, but it's my decision to make and not yours. It's my team. That's so. Yes. It is. Good to know. In that case, I wish you luck. Don't bother calling me during your pledge drives. I'll be investing my money elsewhere. <sighs> Bob, that's not what I meant. I you can add me to the list of people to get back to when the Earth God is on its feet. Pardon me if I don't hold my breath. No, just... No, damn it! So it's just us on the guard, then? Yes. Yes, Argus. You and I are the Earth Guard. We two are the planet's most powerful heroes united. I figure you can just do all the guard duty from now on and call me when there's trouble. Sound good? Excellent. Then I suppose this would be the perfect time to bring about your complete and utter destruction. How does that sound? a very exciting episode of Guard Duty. Hopefully you dug it, and gosh, I bet you are just chomping at the bit for the last episode. Well, it's going to be a couple episodes of Cast and Wax before we get there, but we will get there very soon. Like I said, things will be ending every single episode from now on. So, let's keep going, and uh, let's get right to Rory with his extra history for the day, shall we? Absolutely no problem with that. Great. Welcome to This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. My name is Rory Sinjin. Did you know that on March 29, 1973, two months after the signing of the Vietnam Peace Agreement, the last U.S. combat troops leave South Vietnam as Hanoi frees the remaining American prisoners of war held in North Vietnam? America's direct eight-year intervention in the Vietnam War was at an end. Let's hear it. Uh, sorry, Sergeant, but the boat's full. You're going to have to swim back to the United States. But we have good news. 
you have this life jacket from the boat, so you'll be able to swim safely. Um, okay. Uh, no, I'm not going to wear the life jacket, because everyone else got out on an airplane. Your funeral? This is such calm music. A life jacket would save you from that shark! Uh-oh, I shouldn't have this meat on me! Uh-oh. Unfortunately, since they had given the sergeant their life jacket, they weren't obeying the strict rule of always wear your life jacket when on a boat, and they fell off and were eaten by 20,000 other sharks, which are also quite deadly. This is This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. Hello and welcome to This Day in History. My name is Rory Sinjin, and you're listening to WHRW Binghamton. Did you know that on April 5th, 1614, Pocahontas, daughter of the chief of the Powhatan Indian Confederacy, married English tobacco planter John Ralph in Jamestown, Virginia. The marriage ensured peace between the Jamestown settlers and the Powhatan Indians for several years. I, John, do here claim Pocahontas as my bride by virtue of my massive testicles. I love my husband. He makes a persuasive argument. There's no possible way that those testicles could be the sign of disease. Truly, the Great Spirit has blessed him. Ralph! Yes? It is I, your doctor! Your test results have finally come in! Excellent. I, I hope know, I passed. I know why your testicles are so large! A blessing from God! You've got cancer! What? A curse from the devil! You should should have checked them more often! I'm free! The marriage was quickly dissolved when he died of testicular cancer. Peace would have reigned much more if he had checked his testicles more regularly for cancerous lumps. This is This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. But get back on the boat! My name's Roy Sinjin and this is Where Are They Now in History on Gas and Wax. And what you probably don't realize is this is all part of the long story of Dr. Thaddeus McGillicuddy, the doctor who lived for a very long time. McGillicuddy began his life in the normal way, being born, growing up at the normal speed, and becoming a doctor. He was, in fact, the doctor who diagnosed John Rolfe with testicular cancer. And after the death of Rolfe, he was very distraught and said, my being adopted makes me just very unhappy and unpleasant because I have to tell people bad news like they are going to become cancer. And the fact is, I always really wanted to be a movie star. Even though they didn't have movies at that time, but he thought, I don't know what it's called, but I want to be this thing where everybody, you know, wants to see me do things and they ask for my autograph and things like that. So he renounced his doctoring ways. And so the evil wizard, Wankletooth, went up to him and said, I have some some lumps, you know, in my testicles and I want to, you know, to check that out. And McGillicuddy said, well, listen, you're doing the right thing by checking, but I'm not a doctor. I quit. And so the Wankletooth said, I curse you with living forever and never achieving your dreams. And McGillicuddy said, well, I didn't like that. And Wankletooth said, well, all right, tell you what, you won't live forever. You're just going to live for a long time, but you're still not going to achieve your dreams and you're going to die in miserable pain. Zap, you know, there you are. And McGillicuddy went on his days being a miserable son of a bitch. And, you know, over time, his voice did change a bit. And eventually he joined the army and he was in the Vietnam War. And he was one of the last people to get out of the Vietnam War, except that he didn't get out because they offered him a life jacket. And he, being foolish, did not take the life jacket and got eaten by a shark. Now, the shark felt that McGillicuddy was still alive inside of his gut and so it said you know what this is this is this is not a good situation for me I don't like when things are alive inside of my body so it drank a vat of hydrochloric acid which unfortunately killed the shark but it also finally did kill McGillicuddy and McGillicuddy dissolved screaming thinking you know I wish I had had a life jacket that perhaps might have helped me avoid the shark I don't know how but in general it's good to have a life jacket when you're on a boat especially but also you know in the middle of an ocean my name's Roy Sinjin and this is where are they now in history on Cast and Wax Okay, Roy, shows what you know. What? What are you talking about? Because clearly that was made as a, you know, dire making fun of warning to me. But obviously it was unnecessary because I got three job offers. Well, two and a half. Well, yeah, sure, two and a half. The point, I got job offers and, you know, 
it's probably going to parlay into a job, not to people dying. Well, I don't think anybody's dying because you won't serve them food at a drive-thru. Not to mention, you're going back into the restaurant business. As a host, you know, it's like dinner theater, I think. I don't think that's what it is. We don't know. We don't know what it's going to be. We'll find out in the future. Um, but there we are. Uh, okay, up next we have the second to last episode of Tract or Fiction. Uh, this is a particularly um, offensive episode. Uh Mostly because of the tract, but uh, the debate's a little offensive as well, actually. Hopefully you'll enjoy it. It's called Soul Story. Hello and welcome to Tractor Fiction. My name's Frank Allen. Uh, we're here on WHRW Binghamton, where we are on the second to last episode of Tract or Fiction. This is a very special, a uh, very special urban installment of Tractor Fiction called Soul Story. Has kind of a funky, funky vibe to it, because uh, Jack Chick is one funky guy. Uh, here we go with Soul Story. Once upon a time, in a dark world of urban decay, just like the dark world of urban decay that you live in constant fear of falling into when you're hard on your luck, a prison riot was breaking out, prisoners going wild and beating each other. You heard me! This is an emergency! Code blue! Code blue! Hey, Warden, something's wrong! This riot looks phony to me! Look, they're stopping! What the fuhua guns?! Indeed, the prisoners sort of stopped beating on one another and began wandering off casually, leaving one prisoner dead on the ground. Cool, man! Jackson's had it! Had a flippy flop! Did they find out Jackson was the snitch? It was all because of one man, one prisoner, Leroy Brown. Leroy was the shot caller of the prison, which, as the Bull once taught us, means he was the prisoner who controls the prison population, the one with power. All the other prisoners looked up to him. He was big and strong and had a powerful afro. I've been here for 20 years and your plan was the coolest I ever saw! Far out, Leroy. One day, Leroy's grandma came to visit him. Son! The Lord's gonna take me home soon. I'm ailing real bad. Got what they call cancer. Grandma, don't talk like that. Son, Jesus loves you. Come on, Grandma. Don't talk like that. Leroy, listen to your Grandma. Jesus died on the cross and shed his precious blood to wash away your sins. Son, Jesus is the Lord God Almighty. I go, Grandma. I love you, son. I'm still praying for you. Sounds like your Grandma's a fanatic. You want that? You what, Matzo Ball? Come here! But Leroy was in his cell, and the guard was safe. Later, the guard returned, but this time, he bore a message. Brown, the warden wants to see you. I'm a lifer! You tell that head honky to ship bibble do. You're coming if I have to drag you! <sighs> Leroy Brown, because of a Supreme Court decision that you were denied your rights, I am forced to release... Sixteen of you inmates. And just like that, Leroy Brown, a man most accurately described as bad, and perhaps even bad-bad, was out on the streets. They gave him back his purple velvet pimping suit and released him. He went back to his old hood. Hey, man! We never thought you'd get out! Everything's different. R.D. is the big man now! What about Gloria? We get a man! She's R.D.'s woman! And he's a mean dude! She's on the third floor a little bit! Man! Don't let anybody know I told you, okay? Relax, little bro. Leroy burst through the door of Artie's apartment like he owned the joint. Look who's home for good! Oh no, it's Leroy Brown! This is my organization now. 
bro. You stupid jive, turkey! Leroy and R.D. threw down like nothing you ever done seen. A few minutes later, R.D. was being dragged out like the lump of snot he was, and Leroy was being caressed by Gloria. Dumpin'. Right on. Let's get something straight right now. I'm the boss. Fill me in on what's been happening since I've been away. The next day, in the home of a rival gang... R.D. switched to our side, and he's put out a big contract on Leroy Brown. I could use some of that bread. Meanwhile, the not-good, not-good Leroy Brown got a phone call. This is Dr. Taggart. Your grandmother is in intensive care at the General Hospital. You'd better come quickly. I'm on my way! She won't last the night. And soon... I'm glad you came, son. It's gonna work out, Grandma. That's true, Leroy. I'm gonna be in the arms of sweet Jesus. I haven't much time, son. I want you to listen to me. If you die in your sins, Leroy, I'll never see you in heaven. God loves you. He wants to change your life, and he will, if you let him come into your heart. I've prayed for you every day for your life, because I love you, son. I love you too, Grandma. Why isn't she afraid of death? Child, you don't know what love is till you know Jesus. The next day, the rival gang was looking to exploit Leroy's tragedy. Did you hear the news? Leroy Brown's grandma passed on. He'll be at her funeral. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? He was, and so, at the funeral, a preacher said a few words as the rain drenched the cemetery around them. After death, we'll all stand before God to give an account of our lives. Grandma loved Jesus. She believed that his blood washed away her sins, and that put her in heaven. So long, Grandma. But a black car was speeding down the rainy streets toward the funeral. Don't miss! Gloria, down! But Gloria was already down, shot down by the drive-by shooters. You pickle diners! I'll get you for the last thing I ever do! The next day, while Leroy was visiting Gloria's corpse in the morgue... You were related to Gloria? She was my sister. You must be Joyce. Gloria spoke very highly of you. I'm Leroy Brown. Could I call you next week? I guess that'd be all right. Leroy did call Joyce that next week, and he asked her on a date. She accepted, deciding that it was not in poor taste to date your sister's pimp-slash-lover. Can I order you a drink? No, thank you. You religious? No, I'm a Christian. Why do I feel this way? She's not at all like Gloria. She sort of reminds me of Grandma. Can we get together again? We can't. We're in two different worlds. Maybe I can cross over. If you did, you'd have to become a Christian. I'll think about it. That night, Leroy got an odd phone call. This is ID. It just don't make sense for brothers to keep killing off brothers. Well, how about you meet me in that old condemned church near 6 and Yale? But look, no pieces. This is a truce. Do I have your word? What time? Like 2.30 in the a.m. But it was a setup. R.D. showed up early with his new posse, armed to the teeth. We got like 40 minutes. Is James here with the grenades? Yeah, man. But when they got inside the church, they found naughty, naughty Leroy Brown already waiting for them. Got any lights in here? Where are you? Over here, you frog stopping son of a chimp! <laughs> Throw them grenades, man! Anyone alive? Man, I am a mess. I can't stop the bleeding. I wonder if I can make it to the car. 
Across town, Gloria's sister Joyce was on her knees, praying. Dear Lord, I pray for Leroy. Please don't let him die in his sins. He could be such a great man of God if he could understand your love. Lord, let his name be in the book of life. Who is it? Open up! It's me, Leroy! Just a second! Leroy, what happened? I'll call an ambulance. It's too late, Joyce. Grandma was right. I'm going straight to hell. Everything's going fuzzy. Oh, is there any way that I can be saved? Yes, Leroy. Repent. That means turn away from your sins. Leroy, listen to this verse. For God so loved the world, that's you, that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus, that whosoever believeth, that means trusts or clings to Jesus, should not perish in the lake of fire, but have everlasting life in heaven. Amen! I'm sorry for the way that I lived. Will Jesus forgive me? Yes, Leroy. That's why he died on the cross to wash away your sins with his precious blood. Ask Jesus to come into your heart and he'll save you. Lord, I am a terrible sinner. Please forgive me, Lord. Come into my heart and save me. Oh! Thank the Lord he just made it. I'll see you in heaven, honey. All right, that's the tract Soul Story. And I think we're all feeling uh, a bit of uh, soulfulness right now, if you can believe that. Uh, this is uh, time for the debate where we have the debate. Uh, these people have been studying this tract for ages, and I believe they are both pretty uh, expert in their fields. Uh, why don't we have debater number one introduce yourself? Hello, my name is Alice Jennings, and I'm a certified blackologist. I'm sorry, blackologist? Yes. Meaning? I study black. The color? The people. Oh. All right. Uh, and, of course, uh, debater number two. Evening. Uh, hello? I'm Senator Masterson. Senator Masterson, thank you for coming to the show. Anytime. Uh, now, you are, of course, a U.S. senator. From the future. I'm sorry, you're from the Senate of the future? Well, the U.S. future. The U.S., the United States future. Don't you listen to Epic Echoes? Oh, yes. Okay. All right. And, uh, uh, as we all know, uh, Senator... Masterson. Masterson here believes that this tract is 100% true. Of course. And uh, Miss Jennings Jennings believes this tract is false. That's correct. So, uh, Miss Jennings, why don't you tell us why this tract, Soul Story, is incorrect? This is not how black people behave. This is a very contrived tract, uh, just designed to get some sort of religious point across, which I don't believe is true either. What's not true about the religious point? I mean, Jesus being the whole savior and all that that stuff. I, I just don't buy it. Okay. So... What I mean, like, specifically, what's not true about all this stuff? Well, uh, my field is blackology. Um, and so the, the thing that I noticed right away was that they all had these very different voices. Um, meaning? Meaning that it's not true. I mean, most of us should know, and I've studied in depth, um, that all black people sound pretty much the same. Uh, really? I mean, they sound like each other? Yes, exactly. It's very hard to tell them apart just by their voices. Well, I don't know that that's actually true. Have you studied black? Well, I haven't studied, but I've known a number of black people, and they didn't all sound alike to me. Well, why don't you do some studies and then get back to me? Well, I don't think... I mean, I had first-hand evidence, first-hand observation. I mean, you know, in a personal sample, it, there might be some variety. It, it could also be just your error in, in listening. An error in... But I, they sounded just different. Like, I could tell them apart. 
Well, have you had your ears checked lately? Some of them were women and some of them were men, for example. Well, I, was- you know, if you want to get into those generalizations, I guess you could say that black women all sound the same and black men all sound But see, sound now, I don't agree. I think you're wrong. Well, I'm right. Well, all right. You know what? Why don't I let uh, the senator here answer, Senator Matheson. Thank you. Um, obviously, the statement about the generalization of the speech patterns of male and female blacks is false. Is that all you have to say? Uh, you, oh, I mean, you believe this not. tract is all true? No, right? I just wanted to uh, Start point that. that out immediately. As uh, I'm very offended by that, I try and defend civil rights. But no, I totally... This The reason this tract is true is because everyone knows that blacks can only get to heaven if they believe in Jesus. Uh, well, I, I, I think Christians believe only anybody can, right? It's not just for blacks, right? It's for anyone. I've actually done research on that, too, if you wouldn't mind. If I wouldn't mind... Me interject. What, what do you have to say? Um... The actual definitive study is that blacks can't get into heaven no matter what they do. Now, see, I don't believe that's true. They have a number of uh, uh, churches and, and spiritual people. I mean, you know, in, in history have been black people. Why would they not be allowed to go to heaven in a Christian heaven? It's just, I mean, they, they can believe whatever they want, but God's not going to let them in. Now, where are you getting this information? My official studies. With You're the- obviously not making the distinction between religious and Christian, which is made in the tract. Meaning? It's not the same to be religious as it is to be Christian. It doesn't matter. Obviously, it does. No, I mean, a black person can be religious or Christian. Either way, they're not getting into heaven. Well, not if they don't accept Jesus. See, I, it's not true. Now, she's saying they don't get into heaven, period, even if they accept Jesus. Correct. And I disagree. Tell her about it. I just did. No, about specifically. Specifically, as we all know, despite the fact that you seem to think that all... Male and female, African-Americans sound the same. Well, sometimes they do, but... Okay, here we go. You. You, are you telling me you can't tell the difference between Isaac Hayes and Michael Jackson? They're both oh, black no, men. Oh, no, no, no. It's not the problem. I just can't tell the difference between the male and female. Okay. But I'm... Okay. Well, you miss. Isaac Hayes, Michael Jackson. If you played them both for me right now, I probably couldn't tell the... Well, you know what? No, actually, can I just clarify? That's a very bad example, because Michael Jackson is no longer black. He is actually... When and he- Isaac Hayes is a Scientologist, not Listen. a Christian. But he still... Uh, d- when, these things are... Look, when Michael Jackson had his operation, it was much easier to distinguish his voice from other people. All right. If we look at a Michael Jackson album from back when he was with the, the Jackson 5, ABC, all right? He was a child. But he had a distinct voice. He, as a child... Okay. So what are about you suggesting that you? all black I children rock with sound you the same? All, might. all black children, all black males, no, all see, black you know females. Here's the thing. I know for a fact you're wrong. Think about, okay, here's, here's Isaac Hayes is like... Or uh, Barry White. Oh, Barry White. Well, no, but he also sounds like Isaac Hayes, so I don't want to oh. use that example. No, but I was using oh, that against Michael should. Jackson. No. All right. I, okay, here we go. Isaac Hayes and uh, 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 the boxer. What's the boxer's name? Muhammad Ali. Yeah, Muhammad Ali. He was black? Play him for me. Yeah, Do he have- was black. Muhammad Ali was like... I can't, I can't do an impression of him. You shouldn't either. That's a very unscientific study. It, well, the point is, he sounds just, If I could do two different impressions and they sounded, my impressions were different, that would prove that they sounded different it to me. It would prove that you could do different impressions. Uh, to me, which they sound different. Mm-hmm. I think that your ears might not be working as well. You'd think... I think that your ears have been manipulated by society to listen so hard and, and tell your brain... That black people all sound different because that's the politically correct thing to do. It's well, just not uh, miss, true. Miss, have it's you ever considered construct. that perhaps the reason that your studies yielded these results is because your hearing is in fact impaired? My hearing is fine. Have you tested your hearing? I would like to I've see had uh, my testing, documentation. My hearing tested. I've had it done. We actually Call have an doctor. expert. We have an expert on the line. This is the person I think with the biggest ears 
uh, on the planet, and they have heard quite a few things, so uh, they're going to come on right now. Oh, Lordy! Happy to be here! And of course, now, you have... Uh, how big are your ears exactly? They're rather large! Okay, and you and how, can you hear things well? Yes! Sing? I, I need proof. I am- can you tell the difference between two men who happen to be black voices? Yes! There we are. See, this is, again, not proof. I mean, first of all, size of the ear does not indicate good hearing, necessarily. It, we don't have proof that she... Well, I, I, I actually have... Direct. I actually have extra cochlea in my ear, so it's different. Look, what I'm trying to explain to all of you is that this is a social construct. To be able to hear Hearing the is a social construct. No, to be able to hear the difference between two black male voices, two black female voices, two black child voices is a social construct. That we're trying to make people more politically correct. You know what? I think that you might be as wrong as anyone has ever been on the show. Well, I'm sorry to hear that, Frank. Uh, we do have another expert online, actually, so why don't we bring the expert on? Hey guys, how's it going? Hey, um, can you please uh, say who you are and let them know what you want to say? Oh uh, yeah, my name is uh, is is Barry Might, and uh, I'm representing the uh, African American Association for Jesus. Welcome, welcome. Yeah, yeah, thank you, thank you. I'm happy to be here. And so, what did you? Who did you want to say something to, and what did you want to say? Well, you know, first I just wanted to address the fact that that I, you know, I, I don't think that my voice sounds like every other black man's voice. Actually, a lot of times people say, "Hey, you sound like you're pretty white." That's true. You know, and so I, I just don't, I don't, I don't think that's fair. I mean, I spent a lot of time practicing trying to sound this way. This way that you sound right now? Yeah. To sound Why? white or to sound black? To sound white. It takes a lot of effort. Why would you want to do that? Well, I, I, I want to, you know, make more money and, uh, you know, people are nicer to me over the phone. Wait, are, are you saying that this isn't how your voice sounds naturally? Well, I mean, it, it kind of does now because I've practiced it so much. It just kind of comes with second nature. But can you tell me that if you were to speak in your natural voice, the one you were born with, that we would still be able to tell the difference between you and some other black man. Well, I, I, I don't, I don't think. I think the point is moot right now. I think what I think you're very confused. I mean, it's, it's it, all black people do not sound alike. It's just all Asians look alike. Maybe that's what you're thinking. No, about. see, now that's not true too. This, this, this episode. My goodness, there's been people on with some extreme views. Senator, can you please just say something sensible for us? Of course. Uh, he brought up a very valid point. Have you forgotten Eddie Murphy? What about him? He does an excellent impression of white people. No, that's not... And when he does that impression, he sounds like not a black person. But this is not what we're talking... Look. Okay. All right. Here's what we have to say about this. You. I'm sorry? You. I don't know your name. Miss Jennings? Miss Jennings. All black people don't sound the same, period. There's not even a... There's no scientific studies necessary. I've done the scientific studies. Ooh, you ooh, can't ooh, do I've scientific got a point. studies if You've you got don't- a point. Go I've ahead. got a point. What about a black person with a cold... Sounds like every other black person with a cold. No, this is not true. This is a this is but a falsehood. But that is creating factions within this mass generalization that you've made. Don't you see that you're splitting it off so that essentially each individual black person does not sound the same? I mean, yes, because you know what? If you eventually follow it down the line, you could say a black man with a cold who grew up in the Bronx, moved to San Francisco when he was no, eight, no, lived no, there for five years, matters. has a cold right matters. now, is named Leroy Jenkins. That's the guy. No, and that's he sounds none, exactly like every other matters. one who is does all it doesn't things. matter where you were born or where you moved to. I'm talking environmental factors like a cold, which See, actually does specifically alter the way that your voice sounds temporarily for maybe a week. I disagree. I think you're you're as wrong as possible. Look, do you I have a point me. about Do you have a point about Jesus? He doesn't let black people into heaven. Now, see, that's not true. Where Haven't you, you seen Dogma? Jesus is black. 
Yes. It's a movie, a social construct. Are you telling me that movies aren't real? I'm telling you that movies are not real. Movies and are- you're also telling me that all black people sound the same and the size of ears doesn't affect the way people hear. These things are true as well. These things are all false. Look. Wait, no, hold movies on. Movies are, are a you social saying that construct. Movies are right, are always movies true. Movies are a social construct. But in They're that same way that religion is a social construct. Way. So any any dog, uh, dogma that you are comparing to dogma is also a social construct. I don't disagree. Therefore, Jesus was black. Therefore, it's just as valid to say, to quote the movie dogma as it is to quote the scriptural dogma. No, see, that's not Thank true. you, Frank. I mean, look, I, even if you want to, to follow that line of reasoning, that's fine. I'm just saying, I, you know, we have science backing us up. I realize that I'm in the minority here. I, I'm going, I'm realizing that because... A minority of probably one. Uh, okay. Are there any other scientists of that course. back up look, your, your there theory? Are Name five. Institutes of blackology. Name five. People. I, you know what? Again, we are in the minority, and you we can't are in, name five. Listen, we are, are there in five? such a minority that some of us have feel that their their lives are in danger. I am actually I risking, believe you risking my life to come on the show and tell people the truth about what we've studied. I do not feel comfortable revealing the names of my co-workers. actually. Um, I think I feel kind of comfortable. What is this the correct home address of yours? Can I read this? No. I think I could. No. Well, it's here on the paper. You know what? I, again, have given up hiding, okay? I, hiding I'm on fine. Willow Lane. What if yes, we declassify exactly. the Willow information? Lane in, uh, then will the leak be all right? No, I'm saying go ahead. I'm saying go ahead. Go ahead. Because I have decided that I am right with God. I have done all the studies that I need to do. And, uh, you know, go ahead. If someone feels the need to hurt me for what I believe, that's their problem with God. And I believe, unfortunately, I don't even need to uh, flip my coin. Uh, Senator, I believe you've won the debate. Thank you, Frank. I knew I would. Uh, it's been good having you from the future. Likewise. And, of course, uh, your first first uh, government official I've had on the show, uh, who was elected, anyway. Uh, so thank you for coming. And uh, that's about that for the second to last episode of Tractor Fiction. Next week, we'll be doing the very last episode of Tractor Fiction, so that should be very special. And it also deals with some controversial issues. Uh, we'll see you then. Bye-bye. episode featured the voice talent of Frank Allen, Tara Doan, Patrick Ganan, Gabe Harrison, Lynn Nelson, Sam Thomason, Jacob Thompson, Angela Tyman, Devin White, and Jordan D. White. Yes, and we want to apologize profusely for it, all of us. Um, okay, so let's get right to what's left. Oh, scapy stories. Guys, don't say it too loud, because actually I don't, I don't want to wake him up to let him introduce it. But uh, this is an episode of scapy stories, where um, we're continuing his telling of Hamlet. This time to... Uh, friend of the show uh frank you had him on oh who's that well well let's uh, let him introduce himself scabby stories from a cat in the dark hello and welcome to scabby stories from a cat in the dark my name is jordan D. white and as always this is a show in which my cat scape who's right next to me here will tell a story to a guest who is also here. Now, this is in the middle of a very special uh, uh, sequence of, of shows where we are having Scapey tell one of the most famous ghost stories of all time, Hamlet uh, by Shakespeare. So we're at act three. So we need to have our guest from last time come back and tell us what has happened thus far. Our guest, of course, being the unnamed whistleblower from Price Waterhouse. Uh, so, uh, sir, would you please tell us what has happened so far? Yes, yes, that won't be a problem. Um, okay, basically, there's a guy named Hamlet who is the Prince of Denmark, and um, his father was killed by 
his uncle, who then married his mother. That's that's the that's the bulk of it. And I oh, and then the, the father, I guess, was a ghost at one point, and he said, "Kill him for me." And uh, Hamlet's gonna do that, presumably. There's been a lot of movies made of Hamlet, and um, the fact is, uh, uh, movies are where I make my living because I work at Price Waterhouse. Now the Oscars are over, but what you probably don't realize is that we have already decided who's gonna win. Is there not more of the story that you want to tell? Uh, well, yeah, okay. Uh, Hamlet basically is just acting weird and being crazy, and uh, the king and the queen and Polonius's dude uh, all think that it's because he's in love with Ophelia, who is Polonius's daughter. I mean, but seriously, seriously, uh, we're just, it's just a matter of finding out where those actors are going to be. Okay, okay, so that's that enough of that. That is enough. This is about a story for me to tell to someone. Speaking of which, uh, we should say who that someone is. Uh, we do have a friend of the show on, uh, you probably have heard before on a, on a Frank Allen program, but this is, uh, our good friend, uh, Good Hitler. Hello, Jordan and Scape and Nameless Reiswaterhouse person and indeed everybody out there on the internet. This is known artist and philanthropist Good Hitler. Um, and I, just, just so there's no confusion, he's from uh, another reality. That is true, Good Jordan. Thank you, thank you. Um, all right, so Scape, you ready for this story? Of course. Always. Uh, should I start? Yes, please do. I'm very excited. This is one of my favorite plays. Wait, you, you already know it? Oh, yes. It's one of the most famous comedies in the world. Yes? Daddy said he already knows it! Well, I, well, but you, well okay, you're saying, but you said it's a comedy, and it's not It's not a comedy. It's... Well, I always love to hear it performed. It's one of my favorite plays, and I thought, well, Scapy, the dramatic mastermind that he is, would be able to give me perhaps the greatest performance I had ever experienced. Oh, well, yeah. That's... That's true, but still, but now you're going to know what happens. Not actually true. I have availed myself of some of these forgetting pills by Thomas Alva Edison, and he has allowed me to be utterly ignorant of what the rest of the play will be like. That is perfect. So, so let's, let's start it. The Tragedy of Hamlet, Prince of Denmark, by William Shakespeare. Act free. Okay, so, like, when what is going on is like... Well, so far, the ghost has convinced Hamlet and Ophelia to switch places, each acting like the other, so that their parents will agree to let them get back. No, no, that is not what happened. The ghost says kill Claudius, that is the uncle. Well, I suppose that would make it easier for them to get married, yes. No, they're not trying to get... Hamlet took off his pants, and Ophelia said, I don't want to be your girlfriend. Well, listen, I understand the part about Hamlet taking off his pants, and then Ophelia puts on his pants, and Hamlet puts on the dress. It's everybody knows this part. No, that's not. There's no dressing. There's no dress. Peronius said you can't go out with Hamlet anymore, and Ophelia said, "Okay, I guess I won't." Now wait. Here's that's what we're getting to. Actually, this is a very aggressive interpretation. No, I didn't change. This is how it really goes. The kid is like, "Okay, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, you're friends with Hamlet, but you don't even know what's wrong with him." Douches. Find out for me. They're always so depressing. All of those tragic moments of how terrible it is that we are going to be together. Life is so sad. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, such a bunch of downers. Well, may maybe, but they're like, we're gonna, f okay, we'll find out why he's upset. And then the king and, and Polonius are like, okay, now let's do that plan that we talked about last time, where we hide and we listen to him with talking to Ophelia, okay? Let's go hide. Ophelia, you stand here and read a book, like you're just casual, like just whistle or something. 
and Ophelia, who is really Hamlet at this point in disguise, is like, yes, of course. No, no, this really Ophelia. This not Hamlet. It's really, really Ophelia. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because then here's how you know. Because Hamlet comes in and Hamlet goes, uh, dude, life sucks. So I don't think I like it. I could just kill myself, but mm, maybe not. Hmm. Are you sure? Hold on, this is William Shakespeare's Hamlet, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, well, because it sucks to be alive, but I guess I don't know what happens when you die, so maybe I shouldn't. Hmm. I seem to remember it going differently, but maybe that is the effect of Mr. Edison's forgetting pills. So then Hamlet goes to Ophelia, and he's like, Hey, Ophelia, are you just chilling? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, uh, that's good. And she's like, hey, you gave me presents, but now that we're not going out, you should take back your presents. And he's like, I, hey, I never gave you presents. I don't even like you. So... Suck it. And she's like, no, you do. You, you do like me. And he's like, oh, yeah? Well, I don't, so... Uh. What is the it? What? The it that he is... That Ophelia, who is actually Hamlet, is supposed to suck. No, she's uh, Hamlet! She's Ophelia! Ophelia is Ophelia! Hamlet is Hamlet! <sighs> Come now. If Ophelia is really Ophelia and Hamlet is really Hamlet, then the it she's supposed to suck isn't the hysterical phallus scene? Like, this isn't the part with the phallus? No, there's no phallus. There's only Hamlet. And Hamlet... But seriously, he's just telling her mean things. And she's like, but hey, uh, that hurts my feelings. And he's like, yeah, you should go become a nun. You know why? Because you're ugly and nobody wants to kiss you, stupid. And that's a joke because it's really Hamlet dressed up. And because it's a dude, everyone's like, ha 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 ha. Yes, he should totally be a nun. No, he's not a dude. He's a, Hamlet's a dude. Exactly. A is a chick. Yes. That's it. Okay. And then, and then, so he's like, you go be a nun. And she's like, Maybe I will. What do you think? And she reads. And then and then he reads, I mean. And then she's like, that sucks. I don't... He's mean. And then the king is like, yeah, we were right. He's upset about her. That's clearly what's going on. And Pronius is like, uh-huh. Wait a minute. You didn't tell the best part of no. that interaction. No, that is the best part. No, I mean, the to be or not to be. That was bit. when he did that. That was when he was like, I could kill myself, but, you know. What? Suicide? That's a little dark, Scaping. That's what he's talking about. But <laughs> maybe it's just different in Paris universes, but that's the part where Hamlet, who is really Ophelia, is saying to Ophelia, who is really Hamlet, how could I possibly be with you? You look like a potato. You're all tubery, and if you aren't a potato, then you are a woman so ugly that no one could love. No, 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 no. no. That's not what it's about. This is dark, because it's a scary story. It's not a funny story. It's scary. It's a ghost story. Well, yes, there's a ghost who wants Hamlet and Ophelia to be together. No, the ghost wants to kill the uncle! Listen, here's what happens. The uncle's like, you gotta keep an eye on Hamlet. Everybody's like, okay. So, ha meanwhile, Hamlet, for reals, okay, it goes to the, the people who are gonna put on a play, the actors, and they're gonna put on a play that he especially made them to put on. And he goes, okay, guys, listen, when you do this play, I need you to not be crappy actors. I need you to do a good job because I, I want you to. Also, don't, if you're going to make jokes, just make the jokes that I wrote. Don't make extra jokes because extra jokes suck. Oh, and this is the part with Nick Bottom and Peter Quince and all of the other actors who 
are who are very proud, but who actually do a terrible job. Yes. No, no, no. We don't know the names of the actors. They're just players. But okay, so how it's like? Keep, so seriously, do this whole play. Just do it good. And if you screw it up, I'm gonna noogie you. So don't screw it up. Noogie? Yeah. Wait. He's gonna kick their butts. Um. Really? Yeah. He's like, don't say it like with a dumb voice, and don't wave your arms too much because that looks stupid. Just do it. The way I say to do it. And they're like, yeah, 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 we will. And he's like, okay, good. But I get the sense that they're not going to because they are so stupid, right? Well, they don't sound stupid yet, so we'll see. I don't want to spoil it. But, so th- then he's like, then everybody starts coming in to see the play. And he's like, all right, we're going to, everybody going to watch the play? And, uh, and and they're like, yeah, yeah, the king is going to come watch it in a little bit. And, and he's like, okay, cool. Horatio, you're my friend. Come here. Dude, here is the secret plan, says Hamlet. And Horatio's like, what is it? And Hamlet goes, okay. I gave them a special play, right? That is going to have stuff in it that is just like the way that my uncle killed my father, okay? And when that part comes on, you have to make sure you, you watch him. So he, if he's like, what the, what the, what the, then we will know that he's the, he did it, that it's for serious. Hmm. Why is he so focused on this whole uncle thing? Because his uncle killed his father. He murdered him. Really? Yeah, that's what the ghost came to say. I used to be alive. Now I'm dead because of that guy and then he married my wife. What the? I mean, are you sure you're telling it right? The ghost doesn't want his son to be happy, doesn't want him to be with a nice girl who also cares about him? The ghost is suffering for our time and he wants his son to kill his uncle. So that there's no opposition to him marrying Ophelia and they can be happy forever together. No, so that he can... Be dead. The uncle. Well, yes, the uncle is dead. That's clearly what happens, but... No, that's... Well, I don't know well, that, what happens. Well, no, I mean, that's clearly what the ghost wants, but that's sort of secondary, really, to getting Hamlet and Ophelia together. I don't... First of all, you're getting very confused about this play. That's not how it goes. Also, you don't... You're forgetting pairs are not working. Now, listen. So the king comes in to see the play, and he's like, uh, I'm going to watch a play now, Hamlet. What do you think? And Hamlet's like, yeah, you better. And the queen's like, you want to sit with me and he's like, no, I want to sit with Ophelia. And then he's like, hey, Ophelia, do you want to do it? And she's like, no. And he's like, well, we could. But I guess we won't, so whatever. Oh, sexual tension. I remember sexual tension. So then the play starts and uh, they start to play and they're like do-do-do-do-do, praying, praying. And, uh, and it's really bad, right? No, it's not. The, Ophelia's like, what's going on? And he's like, that dude dies and that dude marries the wife. It's crazy. And she's like, okay. So then, then the play starts again and they're like, it's a, it's a king and a queen, and the king is like, I love you, and the queen's like, I love you too, so good. And uh, the king's like, yeah, yeah, but... <laughs> But no, no, that's not a. It's not a. It's not a joke. It's not about a hiney. It's about. It's not about a hiney. No, no. He goes. But listen, I love you. But when I die, you know, you could get another husband. That's fine. And she's like, no, I couldn't. And he's like, you could. And she's like, yeah, but I wouldn't because that would mean I was a douche, and also that I, it would be right I killed you. And she and he's like, no, no, no. Just listen. Just if I die, you get married. And she's like, no. And he's like, yes. And she's like, no. And then they're like, well. Pff- Whatever, but serious, you could. And she's like, well, I'm not going to, so shut up. Oh, that is so sweet and romantic. And I feel like it plays very well into the play's overall theme of getting over traumatic events and learning to love again. No, that's not what 
makes sense. She's like, I won't get married because if I did, then I hope that everybody spits on me and I trip and fall and I get hurt because that's stupid. And so Hamlet goes, hey, mom, what do you think? Do you like it? And she goes, uh, how come she's like, I don't want to get married again? And he's like, well, I don't know. And she's like, okay. And he goes, she couldn't now because she said that. And she's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And the king goes, what is this play called? And he's like, uh, I don't like it's called the mousetrap. So it's going to catch you. Oh, I see. The Hamlet in this version is so traumatized by the death of his father that he cannot become romantically involved with Ophelia the way he might otherwise want to. And so the ghost of his father is trying to be like, listen, I was really caught up in not getting over things, and now look at me, all suffery. And so you, Hamlet, should be with this nice girl who you clearly want to do it with. No, the ghost says, dude, Hamlet, kill your uncle. The end. And Hamlet goes, okay. But it's clearly not the end. I mean, that was a while ago. Yeah. I mean, that will, that's our, the end of his talk. Anyway, look. So the prey comes back on and out creeps the bad guy of the prey. And the bad guy of the prey is like, hey, guess what? I'm that guy's brother. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pour some poison in his ear. Doesn't that sound familiar? Well, certainly, I imagine that that's not very good acting. I mean, just telling everybody how the play is going to end. It's actually pretty funny now that I think about it. Well, that's not how the play ends. Because here's what happens. You don't know how it ends. Because Hamlet goes, oh, dude, that's the bad guy. Dude, watch this part. He's poisoning him. Ah, he poisons him. Now guess what he's going to do? He's going to do it with the wife. Crazy. <laughs> that is such a funny story. No. I mean, could you just imagine? It's like one of these people who talks in a movie theater and everyone is like, shut up. Why are you being such a dumbhead? No, 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 no. He's not talking. I mean, he's talking, but it's not funny because what happens is all of a sudden the king goes, that's that's what I did. Oh, crap. Stop this prey. I hate it. Stop this prey. And they stop the prey. And everybody leaves the prey. And Hamlet goes to Horatio, goes, did you see that he did the thing that I said he would do? And he goes, what the, what the? And that is what happened. And Horatio goes, yeah, I saw it. Well, of course he's angry. Somebody's in the middle of talking in all of his play. All of the characters are breaking the fourth wall. I can easily see how this is really going to set back the courtship of Hamlet and Ophelia. Yeah, well, it does, because then Rosicrantz and Guildenstern come up and go, Hamlet, just tell us why you're upset. And Hamlet's like, do you know how to play the flute? And they're like, no. And he goes, then I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> oh, God, it's an obvious dick joke. <laughs> oh, Shakespeare, you are so funny. Okay, so then Peronius comes up and goes, Hamlet, your mom wants to see you. Okay, go talk to her. And Hamlet's like, look, it's a crowd up in the sky. And Peronius is like, uh, whatever, dude, just go see your mom. And he's like, okay. And you don't think that's funny? Sort of a, he's, he's Hamlet, if it is Hamlet, sure, why? Whatever, is pretending to be crazy. And so he is saying funny random things to make us laugh. You don't think it's funny? No, it's, listen, there's a ghost. I mean, it hasn't shown up yet in this part, but there's a ghost, and ghosts are automatic scary. Wait a minute, there's a second ghost? No, dude, I don't want to spoil it, but listen. So then, okay, the king is talking to Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, and he's like, guys, whatever I told you before, forget it, doesn't matter. 
Here's the new prom. You're going to take Hamrick to England, okay? That's the new prom. And they're like, okay, whatever. And then Proteus comes in and goes, King, I've got an idea. Here's what we're going to do. Hamrick's going to go talk to his mom. Remember earlier when we did the thing where we we hid and I was listening to what Hamrick said? I'm going to do that again, but only there, okay? And King's like, sure, go ahead. I don't care. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's great. Oh, Polonius. No, no. I mean, it's... Look, he just loves spying on people. Well, he does it a couple times, yeah, but it's not funny. Well, of course it is. He's always sort of peeking out of things. Like, suppose that there is on stage a big pot or something, and he is sort of peeking out of the big pot like a funny little kitten. Oh, it's okay. Kittens are not funny. They are serious. Listen. So then the king is all by himself, and he's like, oh, dude, I stink. Because... He farted. <laughs> no, it's not because he farted. It's because he's like, I killed my brother, and then I married his wife. Well, yeah, we all knew that part. That, and, and he's like, I feel guilty about it. That was a wrong thing to do. But, I mean, I'm still, I still did it. And I'm still glad I did it, because now I am the king. And I'm rich. Okay. I, I don't get it. It might be a little too highbrow for me. No, it's not a joke. He's like... Is he saying it while wearing a comically large phallus? No, no. He's just like... A comically I've... small phallus? No, no, oh. f- no. He's just like, I feel guilty. I am so terrible. I'm evil. And then he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray for a second. And then Hamlet's like, sneak it in. And he's like, dude, he's sitting there praying. He's got his eyes closed. I could kill him, but he would go to heaven. And that sucks. So he leaves. And then the king goes, dude, I, I didn't pray good. I suck at praying. I wouldn't have gone to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> He's so proud at praying. That's not a joke. That's, that means Hamlet could have killed him, but he didn't. Irony. Well, yeah. So Peronius is talking to the queen, and he's like, I'm going to hide over there. And she's like, okay. And Hamlet comes in and goes, Mom, why are you so stupid? And she, <laughs> no, that's not a joke. You don't think it's funny? No. I mean, I mean, imagine it. If you were to go up to your mom, Scapy, and be like, Mom. Why are you so stupid? Why are you doing a stupid voice? I was trying to do my scapy impression. Well, that's not what I sound like. I, I've been working on it for years. That's not what I sound like. How do you sound? I sound like this. Oh, my mistake. So he's like, Mom, you suck. And she goes, well, why do you think that? And he's like, because you called da, you did the thing. And she's like, what do you mean? And he's like, ah, he's angry. And she goes, help me. And Proteus goes, oh, crap, help me. And Hamlet goes, what the, what's that? Kill, 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 kill. And he he stabs Peronius. An hysterical comedy of errors. No, no, that's serious. And Peronius is like, now I'm dead. Great. And he dies. And then the queen's like, what did you do? You killed him. And he's like, yeah, what did you do? You you made my dad upset because he's dead and you married his uncle. (laughs) Then and everything is completely out of proportion for him. And now they have a dead body to worry about. Comedy gold! No, it's not out of proportion to get upset that your mother marries her uncle in your book. It's not upset. It's not what you said. So, Hamlet is like, you suck, mom, blah, 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 blah. And he's talking about why she sucks. And she's like, I, oh my god, that hurts my feelings. That's not funny. Well, imagine it. I mean, picture, maybe it's different because you're a cat. But, um, imagine if you were talking to your mother that way and she responded in that way. Wouldn't be, wouldn't that be? be funny for you? No, that would mean I hurt her feelings, and then I would feel guilty. Would you? Really? Well, maybe. But this is when, okay, this is when it gets serious again. Oh. Because then the ghost comes in, and he is 
scary. And Hamlet is like, holy crap, look at that ghost. That's the guy that you disappointed, mom. And she's like, I don't see it. And he's like, right there, there's a ghost. And the ghost is like, she doesn't see me, but listen, don't hurt your mother. Just leave her alone. Go kill the uncle that I want you to kill. That's all you gotta do. Oh, that's so sweet. No, he wants him to kill his uncle. But he still loves his wife. Even after all of that, it's so sweet. Hamlet should really get over all of this, oh, revenge thing, and he should be with Ophelia. No, he should kill his uncle. And that's what the ghost says. And Hamlet's like, Mom, don't you see that ghost? And she's like, no. And he's like, there he is. And she goes, and I don't see it. And then he's like, all right, he's leaving now. So, okay. Mom, you don't tell anybody what happened. And she's like, okay. And he goes, all right. Uh, so now I'm going to go, uh, cause I have to go to England apparently. So, but first I'm going to hide this dead body. So, bye. That's so exciting. No, it's not. It's, it's a dead body. Well, yes. I assume that what comes next is a sort of weekend at Bernie's style fun fest where Hamlet uses an arrangement of, say, rope or broom handles to make it seem as if Polonius is still alive and they are chilling, but he falls off the battlements. Oh no! Clunk! Well, that's, not, that's not what happens. Oh. What happens is he goes, Good night. The end. Butters play? I mean, that, that that's sort of a cliffhanger. I've, I've forgotten how the rest of the play goes because of these forgetting pills, but I mean, really? Is that it? No, that's the end of act free. And then you have to wait until next time to get act four and then five later. Oh. Such suspense. I mean, when so much of comedy is timing, I can really imagine how this becomes less funny. No, it's not a comedy. It is the... Do you remember when I said the title of the play? Um, right, the title of the play. Well, let me try and remember. Oh, the comedy of Hamlet, Prince of Denmark. No! The... Tra I mean, the tragedy of Hamlet, Prince of Denmark. Tragedy! Which means spooky, scary story. Is that what it means? Yeah. Are you sure? Well, I tell spooky, scary stories. Okay. So not comedy, tragedy. So, now we get to the part where I tell you what I think the scary moral will be of this story so far. And so far it's, you shouldn't listen to people talking because they will stab you to death, kill you. That supports more or less everything I've ever known. Though I'm a little surprised that there isn't anything in there about, you know, getting over traumatic experiences to be with people you love. That's not what happens. What happens is a guy listens and gets stabbed. Exactly. It's a haunting cautionary tale. Right, haunting. Right. That's what I'm talking about. Because there was a ghost. Oh, 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 I see what you did there. Oh, Scapey. You so moralistic. I scared you. So. Right out of my little pants, you cast. So next time we'll do part four. Right, right. Next time we do part four. And so I guess that just about wraps it up for this one. Uh, Scape, do you want to give us the, say something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, next time you can listen in on me telling the story, but I won't stab you. How about that? Very good. Very exciting. Okay. Um, time to, I guess I'll wake him up for the stupid song. Scape, uh, it's time to wake up for the song. What? We already did song. No, 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 the end of the, the show song. Oh, uh, okay. Let's do a song. That's, yeah, that's what I said. Okay, 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 okay. I'll tell you what, let's do a slow one and, uh, you know, hopefully you won't fall asleep during it. Okay.
street now. Fine, fine. Um, okay, we do have one more letter uh, um, from our, our uh, listener mail that wasn't about Frank Allen and, and his predicaments. We got so much listener mail this week. We're very happy. But don't let that mean you rest on your laurels. Write into us, castinwax at gmail.com. We want to know what you've got to say, you know, be it about Frank Allen's situation or not. You know, we, the, what you're, the mail you're about to see, somebody's writing in on a regular basis telling us recipes. Come on, if I'm going to read that, I'll probably read whatever you've got to say. Send us something. It's going to be interesting, um, especially compared to Giorgio. Here we go. Um, Frank, uh, would you want to give this a read? Uh, yeah, sure, sure. Um, this is an email from Giorgio, of course, and it says, um, oh my God, this is the, uh, the uh, header. Um, but it says, I totally forgot to write you last week. I was too busy doing hot manly things, but never fear. Giorgio is back with the final installment of Cooking with Giorgio. And then it says, and Cleo, but it was, it was crossed out. Today I'm going to teach you how to make instant breakfast. They're so good. So we're just going to use this giant Saratoga Springs water bottle because, well, because I can't find any glasses right now. I don't need your help, Cleo. This is fine. No, this is better. Now, first, we're going to need a funnel. See? Can you say funnel? Funnel. Right. Okay. Uh, and we pour in the powder, and then we pour in the milk. And once you put the cap back on, you shake it up like this. Woo! It's so fun. Woo! Shake it up, baby, now. Twist and shout. Now, I'll chug the whole thing because I'm a real man. A real Manly man's man. Uh, and then it says chugging, which I assume is Giorgio chugging. Ah, thank you, my captive audience. Thank you for tuning in for my last installment of Cooking with Giorgio and Cleo, but that's crossed out again. If you want more Giorgio, all you got to do is ask. You can email me at castinwax at gmail.com. Love, Giorgio. Wait, wait, why, no, it says, why does it say castinwax at gmail.com? That's what the letter says. I just read it. Yeah, but why would Giorgio get, why would, why would Giorgio be using our email? That's our email address. I, I don't, I just, I'm just reading. Yeah, but that's, that doesn't make any, not to mention, if, if Giorgio's emailing us, obviously Giorgio has his own email address. Why would he be emailing having other people email him at our email that doesn't make any sense well, i just i'm just reading it you told me to read it i don't i can't be held responsible well no i'm not in any way okay if you say so um anyway that's the end of our oh is Kate back asleep again yeah he looks asleep to me good 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 we're, is, we're at the end of the show and uh i don't want him to wake up because um you know how i've been doing these waxwork theme songs where i re-record them on ukulele well, I ran out of waxwork theme songs, but I was having fun, so I wanted to record something else on my ukulele. So um, I recorded my own Jordan version of brushing, um, which is like totally awesome and maybe better than his version. So I don't want him to hear me say that, but um, here's, uh, here's, here it is. Uh, that's the end of the show. We'll be back in two weeks, everybody. Uh, don't forget to write into us, castingwax at gmail.com. And uh, until then, we'll be seeing you. Brushing, 
でもブラシをするは一番だ裏にブラシをしないで不可をする首にブラシをしてどこに好きだそんな他にお前を咀嚼パンドーラはい。